Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks. That's betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks for 10% off your first month. And thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hey guys, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about our recent partnership with the amazing Bones Coffee Company. Let's face it, you're probably sick and tired of drinking that old plain Jane coffee brand every morning. Well, fret not, dear listener. Bones Coffee is here to kick your taste buds into high gear. Bones Coffee has a wide variety of flavors to choose from, including maple bacon, peaches and spring, island grog, and my personal favorite, chocolate raspberry. Once you become hooked on the coffee, you'll be excited to learn that they have plenty of merch options to choose from as well. T-shirts, mugs, tote bags, the list goes on. You can buy their coffee in whole bean, ground, and even evil single serve options. Guys, we wouldn't lie to you. This coffee is great, and we know that you're going to love it too, which is why we have partnered up with Bones Coffee, and now our listeners have an exclusive discount code. Make sure to use the code MUSICSPEAKS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's right, James. Go to BonesCoffee.com to kickstart your new coffee addiction and use the code MUSICSPEAKS for 10% off today. Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast. And there's a kind of notification that I'm on the phone with you. So, um... Here on When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with your James, with your host, Handicap Joe's James Cox, uh, where we fight depression with the power of music. I'm delighted here today to uh, interview somebody I've been me I've been wanting to interview ever since he got in contact with me. But first, let me tell you about him. His name is Fry McDunston. Did I say that name right? Yeah, that's correct. McDunston, all right. So, uh, Fry is a guitarist songwriter, and producer from Cologne, Germany. Uh, Fry grew up in a small town in North Rhine, uh, Westphalia, where he went to school and developed a passion for creative arts, like drawing and writing, early in his life. He started picking up the guitar at the age of 18, but knew right away that playing music and becoming a music artist 
was what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Fry McDunstan. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm I'm doing really, really well. Great. <laughs> and uh, thanks a lot for having me. Sure. I'm really excited about this. Sure. I think you found me on um, musicpodcastguests.com, correct? Yeah, that's yes. right. All right, yeah. Because I'm always interested to know where musicians find find us, and it's sometimes I get it from like all over the all over the place. So it's always interesting to uh, to know where they're coming from. So thank you for finding us. It's really really an honor. Yeah, I've I've, um, I've been looking through their site for a while, um, <laughs> and uh, I think you're uh, you're the yeah you're you're the second podcast I, I found over oh, there nice. um, that um, yeah that fit with. Um, like my um my expertise so to right. so to say yeah. so when i read your show's description i um i immediately immediately uh, thought well yeah that that's right up my alley nice and um so i i contacted you right away yeah nice nice well thank you for coming on and the reason why i asked you if you can hear me before we started sending up our gear is because i don't know if you're familiar with the um, road Procaster 2 or n1 but I had the one and I ordered the two. I had to send the the, the second one back to the to the store because uh, the circuit board uh, messed up, right? So I was like, "Oh no!" Okay. So yeah. Um. But my question to do is, going off that, has there been a time where where you're at, at a at a venue and something something like automatically like like uh, shuts down or does not work, and you're like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" Because those are always scary, you know. I mean, here, here we come. Yeah. Or a gig or something, and you know, you have to. Yeah. So far, um, when when I think back, it's it's been a while uh, since I've played live. It's, okay. It's been like uh, almost four years now, um, and yeah, I know that. Yeah, there's always always so many things that can go wrong, but. Uh, Luckily, I um, like we with my with my old band. We uh, never had um, that much trouble. Sometimes, like something happened uh, while we were playing. Like I remember, we we were playing at at a band contest once, and uh, in the middle of our set, like all the lights went out. But uh, oh. we took that like uh, like like the pros. We there you go. We we weren't back there uh, back then, but uh, we just kept on playing until the lights went back on again. <laughs> so so everything worked, but the house lights. That's always a good time. Yeah. That's always a good time. You never know what people are doing, right? <laughs> but uh, so my 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 question: Do okay? So you were born in the in in the eighties, just like I was, because I'm forty three. And I think it, I, I yeah. think I heard you were born in '84, correct? Yeah. Yes. So you're one one year older than me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the the '90s. We, me and you grew up in the in the '90s, right? Not, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think of myself as a child of the '90s. I yeah, do too, more than of the '80s. Because I don't think I remember <laughs> all the '80s, you know. Uh, but I was born in '80s, so I you know obviously can't remember all, everything back in the '80s. But uh, growing up in the '90s, what kind of music did you listen to, and who who were your favorite bands? Because I because I uh, probably know like three of your favorite bands off the bat. Yeah, 
Um, well, at, when I was like really, really young, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to uh, to list up some of the acts I, <laughs> I listened to because, like, um, I never had um, older siblings, right? And um, my parents had a horrible taste in music, and back then, like, um, like the the German media landscape back then wasn't as versatile as let's say like uh the um like the the radio um in the u.s for instance where you have like your your county stations and you have like a, a just a rock station or a country station and you can basically pick your genres uh when you when you turn on the radio so german radio was pretty much everything but mostly like top 40 music and yeah as as you probably know most of that sucks <laughs> yeah so yeah. um i like like the cool music that i that i still listen to today i found or i discovered when i was like already 15 years old so before that i was listening to whatever was like uh on the charts and like uh, on the radio, lots of pop, um, lots of hip hop and, and rap. Um, some of some of um, which I'm I'm, I'm listening uh, to this day, like like old school hip hop, um, Run DMC, Cypress Hill, uh, Busta Rhymes, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, like before I became a rocker, I was like more into hip hop. <laughs> well, see, those were good days because back then you knew what music was about today you're not sure you know because i because i remember growing up with uh you know soundgarden stp nirvana uh metallica obviously and and i did like like rap because uh because vanilla ice and mc hammer were my two main main go-to you know i was like yes i almost had the chance to see mc hammer but i missed him out like a like i went like i went one week and he was coming the week after so i'm like Damn it! <laughs> I want to see MC Hammer because it came to like uh, South Carolina here. It's it was yeah, so that was on the county fair. But um, yeah. So let me just shoot out some band names, and then you tell me which one would you prefer listening to right now? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we have Megadeth or uh, Metallica, which is the all the, which is the always go to you know combination. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. like the yeah. eternal <laughs> battle. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'd, I'd probably have to go with Metallica, not because I like them better, but because I knew more of their songs like right. from right. from back when I was still a very small kid. Um, like from a technical and musical standpoint, I think that Megadeth is far more interesting and, and versatile. Right. But yeah, growing up with Metallica, I, I know like a lot of their songs and um like the first metal albums i bought were um master of puppets and and ride the lightning and the the black album so um yeah uh, probably metallica because i i know more of their music <laughs> well, well i'm i'm going to agree with you on that one because um my first one was the black album from my mom yeah. so thank you mom big shout out to mom she's great yeah, um, but see, when the, your, your mom had had good taste in music. <laughs> That's I think. right, she does. She does. Uh, you know, she like I was listening to all these old, old fifty music, which I love to death. But um, when I bought, when, I I remember buying Ride the Lightning and listening to it. I'm like, 
this is not this can't be Metallica, you know, because they're so young, you know. Yeah. Uh, James James's voice has progressed on to what I heard on Black Album. I'm like, this is not. I did I buy a wrong <laughs> did, did did I buy the wrong one? Nope, it was Red Lightning. But um, I think you're right because because I I the same as you. I like Metallica because I know a lot more songs. But Megadeth because of the um, technical way that they're playing and mainly yeah. consistency. You know, they're all they're always yeah. releasing an album every two to three years. Metallica right. has uh, uh, from from the Black album to Load. I think it was like a ten year stretch. You know, so probably I don't know. yeah yeah almost so, yeah yeah and also um, I'm. I'm not into uh, their newer stuff, like like Metallica's I, newer stuff. Yeah, I can't get it, into it. It's, it's gotten a bit stale. Yeah, it's if, kind of weird. That's the right word. You know? yeah. yeah, it's weird. I think they were better um, with Reload, Reload, and Backwards. That's that's yeah. my that's my Metallica. That's your Metallica too. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so we got we got we got Metallica, which is great. I I I love you for that. Okay, so we have Deftones and Incubus. Um, I don't know too many songs of both of them. Okay, but uh, I know a couple of uh, Incubus songs that I really like. Yes. so it's 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 probably Incubus. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we have uh, let's go with Nirvana or Soundgarden. Definitely Soundgarden. Really. <laughs> I'm I'm a huge really? um, Chris Cornell fan. Like all his yeah. projects, also Audio Slave and and everything he's done, yeah. like all his solo work. And uh, to be honest, like uh, when I heard of his death uh, in in 2016, um, yeah. that was like um, the first time like um, one of my idols died where I was where I was uh, also like alive. Because when when people like Hendrix died or um like uh um let's say jim morrison or even lane staley even though uh i was already alive back then but um i didn't know of of their music right so um like alice in chains so when when cornell died i was like a, a huge fan and uh that hit me really hard and to this day i, I really miss him because like his music means so much to me and I unfortunately never had the chance to see him play live, which um, yeah, which is the bummer. And yeah, whenever I I play either like a Soundgarden song or or an Audio Slave song, um, I still miss him, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still think to this day he has the best voice in rock. Like, oh yeah, just, just music genre at all. You know, what I mean, because his yeah. voice is so so. Uh, it it feels like it's more soulful to me than anything else. You know. I think that yeah, guy and can... the huge, like the the range he had when when he was very young it's incredible like some of like slaves and bulldozers from the yeah. uh uh bad motor finger album that's yeah. it's it's incredible it's inhuman <laughs> what he's doing yeah. there like, <laughs> it is, yeah uh super known i, I mean uh not not super not super known but the one with um bird into my hand um that, that album that yeah, that will always, that will always be my my favorite Soundgarden album. I don't know why it just speaks to me for some reason. You know? Yeah, so, same here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I read on your on your bio on your on your website at music dot uh, fry mcdunston dot com 
for anybody who mm-hmm. wants to check out your stuff, um, that you practiced for a few years for six to seven times, seven hours a day. Yeah, right. That's right. For that's, the first uh, yeah, four years, I did that. Four years. So, so ever since you turned eighteen, you got your first guitar when you were eighteen, correct? And yeah, that's right. And Relatively then, late. <laughs> no, well, you're late than never. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think it's it's lateness. I think it. I, I I think you came at the right time because I mean, new guitarists are practicing guitar every day. You know, it doesn't matter your age. I guess you know, music is always in the soul for most people. So, yeah. But uh. For six or seven hours a day, uh, that's gotta take a lot. So, so for that, you have you have a lot of um, uh, like um, focused mind to to uh, stay on the guitar every every day for six or seven hours. That's gotta be like yeah, I developed yeah. that. Okay, um, good. Yeah. While I was uh, I was uh, practicing because. Um, I knew that it it was relatively late, um, like starting at, at 18 years uh, of right. age. So, um, um, but I like after one week of playing, I knew that this this was my thing. You know that I wanted to do nothing else with my life but yeah. becoming the best guitarist I could be. So, uh, I, I then I immediately figured out, okay, I, I have to like make up for the lost time right. and I knew a couple of I knew a couple of um, like peers at, in my school who started like at a really early age like when they were uh, between six and, and 12 years old like depending on who it was and um, then uh, I uh, I really um, yeah I really sat down and, and practiced hard and um, I was really lucky that I found two great guitar teachers um, like over the course of the f- first three years I played. At first, it was a guy who was only like two years older than me, and he became more of a friend. And um, after one year when he couldn't teach me anymore because um, he didn't have that much uh, time, I um, started um, learning from his guitar teacher and like the two of those two combined uh, i learned so much from them and uh, especially like from my second teacher who who taught me um like music theory and um how to write songs and and how to uh develop my my own voice on the guitar and um it, it was always so inspiring, like coming back from from the lessons and, and sitting down at home. And back then, um, I he he recorded everything he played or we did during the the lesson um, on on a cassette tape, because that was a couple <laughs> of years before uh, smart before smart smartphones came out. Yeah. So uh, I, I got a cassette tape from him. And then I mm-hmm. um, I had to listen back uh, to the cassette at home and figure it, figure the stuff out again, and yeah, that that was really inspiring because like everything he played, uh, even when he played the stuff um, slow for me to figure it out, it always sounded so great because he was he was like uh, putting the same emotion um, into like the the slower examples uh that he would uh like had he played it fast or 
yeah. performed it yeah. even. So that that was really impressive, and um, that inspired me like to really sit down, practice and practice, and get better um, at guitar every day. Yeah, uh, it's always so. Um awesome to hear that, that that your teacher took time with you because most teachers aren't you know they're like they play it real fast and they expect you to play it back with just like flawless and that's just not because i had because I, I, I had a guitar teacher way back when i think it was like 16 17 and i didn't like him so i guess that's why i did with guitar but i'm thinking about getting back into guitar and now that uh um you know with uh today's um uh mobile devices and stuff you can teach your own teach your own um how to play guitar um yeah there's like uh video courses there's yeah. youtube and you can always get like a, a book or a magazine and uh learn with that but still i mean being a guitar teacher my, <laughs> myself like those one-on-one -on -one lessons if you yeah. find a good guitar teacher uh, those are still irreplaceable, yeah. you know, because um, then you have some somebody who can like take a closer look at your fingers and, and correct you um, if if you're doing anything um, wrong there. Exactly. And um, like um, when when you find a great guitar teacher and like uh, the two of you like really connect in uh, in a great way then uh, you can make um, a lot more and faster progress than uh, with any video or, or online course or anything. Yeah, yeah well, I, unfortunately, I know like a lot of guitar players who can, like, who, who can might teach me. Um, one of mine is, um, is my first interview with my, one of my best friends, Philip, you know, from high school. So he knows how to play guitar and I'm sure he has no problem teaching me how to play, you know, because... Uh, I really wanted to, but uh, me and that guitar teacher really didn't clash very well. Just, just like you said, you know, you gotta, gotta find somebody who um, gels with you so well that you can't really, you know, argue argue with him and everything. But I just had a yeah. bad bad time with him. But that's in the past, and I'll leave it in the past. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and it's never too late to no. uh, to pick it up again and and then start. Um, even if it's just like for a couple of minutes every day. Um, playing music is one of the greatest things you can do and like uh, one of the best um, things to um, to really um, like um, to stay to stay open-minded to stay young and to prevent um, like dementia when when you yes. get older because um, that's scientifically proven and all um like um like all the scientists who are um who are um like um yeah music helps with dementia because it's because because it, i remember watching a youtube video of an old guy and uh he couldn't he, he, he couldn't remember nothing but when yeah. they played him like a song from the from wherever he was born yeah. i guess of 1950s or 60s now he just his face just lit up and he could remember some things, not everything. Yeah. But yeah, so it's very good for the mind and soul and body. Yeah. Different. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I, I've seen, seen videos like that as well. Like yeah. where people with Alzheimer's and, and it um, works to old music and, and it works. And yeah, they, yeah. They remember something. Yeah. 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 Uh, so do you remember your first guitar? And if so, do you still have it? Cause most people get rid of the guitar whenever they buy a new yeah. one. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. It, but it was, 
it was like a, a real uh, beat up old um, nylon acoustic guitar. Yeah. And being being like a stupid um, beginner, um, I put um, like steel strings on there, <laughs> like for oh. for Western guitars, and it right. ruined like the action. Like yeah. I had yep. like real high uh, string action there and. Like um, I, I still remember my first electric guitar as well, uh, which I got like I think um, three to four months after I started playing, and uh, that was a Fender Stratocaster, uh, which I I sold before I moved to Cologne. Oh, no, dude! Because <laughs> I needed the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that that was actually a pretty good guitar, and um, like from from that moment on, I. I barely touched the acoustic guitar. Yeah, because a lot of people, a, a lot of people go straight to the electric guitar. But for me, listening to music, I prefer acoustic now as opposed to electric. Because mm -hmm. there's just something about the, the 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 acoustic guitar that really gets my brain working. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah, I got another acoustic guitar a little later, so yeah. I, I play both. Like uh, to this day, I, I teach acoustic and electric guitar. And even though my um, like the music I release is mostly electric, uh, I play a lot of folk and Delta blues and uh, singer songwriter stuff. Um, like we have a beautiful lake nearby where um, I always take my guitar with me when, when we go there in the summer and play for the people there. And that's like something that you, you can't really do with an electric guitar. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, I I play a lot of acoustic guitar as well. Yeah, because um, but I got a proper one now. Oh, nice! <laughs> like a yeah. steel string. Yeah, oh, nice! Yeah. The um, it, 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 the six six string or like a twelve string. I got both. I have oh, a twelve well, string okay. guitar, um, which uh, you can hear on um the final song of my current EP, uh, "Hunt for Treasure." Okay. Like the outro yeah. part, it, there there are some acoustic guitars. Uh, on there, and it's both uh, my six and twelve string guitars. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I I don't know if you heard it. I heard of this brand. It's uh, I had a Sin Sonic Sin Sonic guitar and a Clark guitar, and I'm and and my Sin Sonic guitar, the input jack fell inside of it. So the only way to repair it is to send it back to the company. Which I'm like, I'm 16. I don't have cash for you know repair of a guitar like that. So yeah, but I but yeah. I miss those guitars. So um, yeah, so uh, so you, okay. So you said you you are a guitar teacher, right? So yeah, my question to you is if right now if someone is listening to this to this ep episode um, and they want to start how to on how how to play guitar, what's the very first thing that they should learn when playing guitar? Do do you think? Um, I I first teach my students um, the first couple of basic chords, like the all the open chords, E minor and major, um, A minor major, C D. Um, but at the same time, I always teach them about rhythm, like how to count uh, the things you play, how to count along to the music uh, you listen to. Even if you don't have your guitar, um, like uh, with you, um, because, like, also for for me when I started, um, not only when I started playing, but also when I started teaching, um, 
learning how to count count things like really helped me um, figure out songs faster. And also, uh, once you know what you're doing, right. uh, you can then, uh, if you feel like it, uh, far easier um, mix up what you've learned so far. Like, let's say, even after uh, you've just learned two or three songs and come up with your own ideas. Right. Because that's, um, I always encourage my students, uh, even if they don't want to uh, become like professional musicians or if they, if they don't want to perform for others, but I always encourage them to, um, to become uh, or to, to um, try songwriting at least um, just for um, like uh, deepening their, their musical understanding a bit. Right. Well, awesome. Awesome. So I, so I hope anybody listening can uh, can take that and go make your own music because that's always so fun making your own stuff, you know. It, yeah, whether... and it's it's easier than than most people think. Like yeah. some people still, especially when when they're um, when they've never played an instrument or when they're just beginning, they they mostly think that um, writing songs is only like reserved for um, a couple of very talented or inspired people. But uh, you can learn that uh, just um, the same way you learn your first couple of chords or songs. You have, you just have to try it. And um, like I said, if you know how to count things and know about rhythm a little better, uh, then you can always combine certain um, rhythms you have already learned with all the chords you know and all of a sudden you have like an, an interesting chord progression uh, that you can write a verse over uh, or maybe a chorus and um, if you just keep at it over a certain amount of time then uh, you get actually pretty good at songwriting yeah. actually i think that a lot of people don't realize this but every day they're creating their own um, melodies and music because in the shower, all I do is like you know when picking the shower, all I do is hum, you know. Yeah. That's a melody. That's a song. And, and if you take that hum, you know, you, you record it on the phone or whatever you have, and turn it into yeah. an actual something, then you have a, like a song in like no time, you know. Absolutely. Uh. And um, I'm. I mean, I started playing music at a relatively uh, late time. Yeah. In my life, but. I remember like maybe it's um, it's something that some people just have in them. But I remember um, when I was like a really young kid and I was like playing with my toys, um, like let's say action figures. I was always humming like the yeah. the, the title music of, of the, the show, um, like the, the action figures were from. Yeah. Um, and I was always, always like um, hearing the... If, if there were guitars, for instance, I was always hearing like the guitars uh, properly in my head and just mimicking the sounds with my my voice. And I think if you uh, if you just try that, like if you if you listen, if you try listening to music and even if you have never uh, played an instrument, just try thinking of like a certain guitar riff or a drum fill, for instance, and sing that in your head and um, like maybe that that'll um also inspire you to to come up with a cool melody or um a song even 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun uh, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so let's go all the way back to after you um, learned how to play guitar at the age 18. So I looked on your website and I found a, a band that you were in called Cunning Man Trap. Right. Uh, awesome. So, um, so let's talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. So, mm-hmm. so after you bought a guitar, learned how to play, um, and you found the the members from Cunning Mantra. Can you tell me how you found them and what kind of music you were in, and if the band is still going on today? Yeah, um, that was actually um, a couple of years later because um, when I started playing, I was still living uh, with my with my mother. Um, and I was still going to school. I had um, two and a half years um, of school um, left. So, um, which is actually why I was able to play for six to seven hours a day. <laughs> yeah, right. because like that, that was the that was all I did after um, after the school day was over. So right. um, I kind of neglected school, but that that's okay because I that's, like I said I knew. What- that's from what, oh, from like the first week on that this is this was my thing you know yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. um after i graduated school um i worked uh, a couple of part-time jobs for a year to save some money to be able to move away from from my old hometown because it was like a, a very small and like kind of conservative and boring little town and uh since i wanted to become like a professional musician i knew that uh, i couldn't do it there because there was like no real scene and um i think if you at least back then if you if you want to become um a great musician or or like do anything out of the ordinary you cannot stay uh in your hometown unless it's a big city but right. yeah I, I moved to cologne in um 20 07 and i first started looking for bands here but um didn't find um any interesting projects here so i i started my own band which was first called uh mars face and um a little later um um a guy from my hometown also moved to cologne um whom i knew and then we started uh, playing together and we we found a drummer and uh, a second guitarist and a singer and for a short while we were a five-piece band but um the 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 singer and the drummer soon quit so we uh, we recruit, yeah. recruited new people and that eventually turned into the band cunning mantrap and um but after a while like after we we couldn't find a decent singer i also had to do that and um we were for for the rest of the time um always like a three-piece band with just me as a guitarist a bass player and like lots and lots of drummers (laughs) (laughs) right yeah we went we went through like 10 drummers i think uh, over i don't uh, know yeah i don't know seven years i don't know what it is about it but uh but drummers seem to like you know just go you know and come and go and go because because a lot of the times when you like uh hear, hear bands are like yep our drummer <laughs> went, went out the door i'm like no dude come back you know so it's always you know a fun time well it's always some fun time finding new people but you want your old people to stay with you because 
I mean, because they're the, you know, they're the heart of the, the heart of the band sometimes, you know, and you don't want to. Lose yeah, I mean, them. like the the entire um cunning man threat cunning man threat thing. Um, I think it was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, um, I was it was from from a creative um standpoint also almost like a, a solo project as well because i wrote all the songs including the lyrics and sometimes even the bass parts and um i produced everything and since we always had we're having troubles with drummers and we could never find a lead singer it's it's a small miracle that we um actually like made these two releases we've made we, we've made an ep in uh 2014 and then a full-length album in 2016 and, and toured a bit but um like we were never able to um to get the band where where we wanted to right and um which is why i'm doing things um as a solo artist now because um when you take your music seriously and uh, you know what you want and you know um like um how much time and sacrifice that takes um you you always hear of bands breaking up or yep. like losing certain band members and then struggling with finding replacements and um once these things happen especially when a band uh splitting up and um that's it like all the work um they've put in was like basically for nothing and since i want to play write and record music for my entire life i figured that um i'll have a better chance of staying consistent and moving things in the right direction uh if i do this on my own yes yeah. so that's what i've learned from from the cunning mantra days Nice. And no, that band does not exist anymore. Um, the the bass yeah. player um, wanted to uh, to play different music, and um, I um, because like because of all the setbacks, I didn't want to continue the band, um, but um, took like a two year break after the breakup, and focused on uh, making uh, YouTube tutorial videos. And um, yeah, then once I I felt that itch again, like hey, you gotta gotta write something, you gotta release something. Then I uh, discovered great um, like service websites like uh, Fiverr and Soundbetter, where I can now pick like some of the best drummers out there and best singers out there, and just have them do all the work that I can't do. And of course. At the moment, I, I can't play live since I don't have a, yeah. a band, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm working on that as well. So nice. I hope that in the near future that um, once I I um, like I can afford that, I would just hire like a, a professional backing band and then uh, tour again. And until then, I just keep working on like reaching more people and and recording more music and <clears throat> releasing that. Well, that's, that's awesome to hear that because you're always um, looking for more um, opportunities, I guess, to actually get on there and uh, do it yourself, which is which is commendable because a lot of people stop, you know, when you when you 
she decided to move on, you know, um, which is awesome to hear that. So thank you for that. Uh, so two years ago yeah. in 2021, we released your first EP, Coming Up For Air, which features six songs, half of them mm-hmm. being instrumental. Uh, so how long did it take you to record this album? Like like when you when you decided to start your own solo career, did it take you not long at all to, to, to come out with this album? Um, I still had a couple of songs left over from the Cunning Mantra days. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on on the current EP, the song Mirage is also still from, from back uh, in probably... When, when did I write that song? Uh, probably in 2014, 15, something okay. like that, or maybe 16. But it's... Um, yeah, I still had some songs left, left over. And um, it actually didn't take that long because i i'm also uh intro uh, into uh producing music and um once i uh i have an idea i can flesh it out um on my own and i also write the still write the lyrics even though i'm not singing anymore but uh source that out um so um i record demos and since i i want to uh, release like an EP per year. Um, I usually take the the first half of every year uh, just for writing, and it's mostly like uh, a song per month. So six songs, six months, Hell basically. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, I uh, contact the the singers and drummers that I I'd like to work with, or some other collaborators I I find uh, online. And um, usually NEP is then like by August, then it's 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 done and ready. I shoot some music videos and uh, in usually in November, I release it then. Nice, nice, nice. Well, uh, can I, okay, so was Slash a big uh, inspiration for you? Because I've heard, because I've, I've heard you're coming up for air AP and it sounds like Slash had a really big impact on your life. Is that true? Yeah. Or the, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That is so true. I mean, um, he was actually um, like um, the main inspiration for me to pick up the guitar in in the first place. Nice. I, I still remember, like yeah. when I was when I was eighteen years old, uh, I saw the Sweet Child of Mine music video uh, on MTV, and it was I think it was more like the the whole vibe of the video and 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 seeing slash play yeah uh and the music i mean the music is fantastic yeah but uh, <laughs> what, what really what really inspired me to to do this myself was like the, the way they were they looked they 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 sounded and they they were like the the raw energy of, of the song even though it's it's technically a ballad <laughs> and uh yeah um like my my three main influences um guitar wise are Slash, Jimmy Page and Joe Satriani. Joe, yes. Joe, um I don't know if you heard of the band called Chicken Foot. Yeah, 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 that's his that's, side project with yeah, Sammy with, Hagar. Yeah. Mike from Van yeah, cuz that's that, that's the best like debut album I think for in a long time. But, uh, yeah, there's a couple of great songs yeah, on there. Yeah, which I don't know what they they did a tour here in uh they came to Columbia uh, and they they came to uh, Myrtle Beach and I had the opportunity to see them but it fell through. But um, ah. so 
Can you tell us right now what are your two favorite Guns N' Roses songs ever? Uh, yeah, one would be Sweet Child of Mine because I owe so much to that song still. <laughs> and um, there are so many, but I, I think like um, one of the songs that really shaped my both my sound and my approach of playing, uh, that would probably be Estranged. Estranged, great song yeah. too, yeah. Yeah. Strange um, is the reason why um why I have this yes. gold top here. Gold top, yeah. <laughs> because like um it's also it used to be a slash model like with with the slash autograph here, but I yeah. had the headstock refinished to, oh, to no. the classic <laughs> one. Right. Uh, but yeah, like this dark bag gold top here, that's the one or like the that model um was um <laughs> The guitar yeah. that Slash used when uh, he both recorded the song and when he played it live on the Use Your Illusion tour. Yeah, and I think, um, I, like, I, th I think he played that on. I, I think he played it on on um, on the Membrane uh, music video, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not, not no. on the music video, but okay. Um, okay. Whenever he played, like all all the ballads, because that that gold top had such a, a singing tone and and so much sustain, and I really love that. I still remember like trying to play "Estranged" in my in my bedroom yeah. with a shitty amp and an Epiphone <laughs> oh, no. ball yeah. and, and trying yeah. to squeeze out as as much. Uh, like or like trying to, to get as much sustain as possible oh. from from that shitty setup uh, but that really shaped my my sound because um yeah i like those long singing notes and 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 playing a little uh with feedback and and sustain that's that's really my thing well i'll well i'll tell you uh, my two and and you're probably not gonna like them but you but you probably will i don't know um, one of my favorite ones is "Down on the Farm." I think oh, that's, yeah. I think that's on the Spaghetti Incident. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which is uh, which is a vastly underrated album because Gilby Clark is a fantastic guitarist, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, yeah. And no, then, there's some cool songs on on that album. Yeah. Like "Ain't It Fun" is pretty cool. And their cover uh, of uh, "Since I Don't Have You." Since I don't have you, perfect, yeah. perfect cover song. And then the other one song that I really like even more. With, which I would consider my number one all-time favorite Guns N' Roses song is "Civil War." I don't think yeah. I don't think that song gets a lot gets much credit as it needs to be. You know that song is yeah. so great from beginning to end. I love that song. The I don't think they played it. I think they played it like a few times live, but I'm not sure. Um, oh yeah, the, um, okay. when when I saw Guns N' Roses in 2017, they played it, and oh, yeah, well, I yeah. love it. Great yeah. song, yeah. Nice. Especially yeah. Uh, the the outro with the wah. Uh, that's yeah. that's so yeah. so um, mellow, but still a, a bit haunting. It's it's pretty cool. So on the okay, so you released that EP last year, twenty twenty two, with uh, time and time again, and this time you featured um, Jeff Bragg and and that Dado. Can you help me with that? Because I'm, I'm not, not for <laughs> yeah, sure. Dado Oreskovic. Uh, there you He's go. From, yes. uh, originally from Croatia, but he now lives in Vienna. Okay. And he's a fantastic 
guitarist. Like okay. he, he plays this incredible eight string custom made guitar. Yeah. Um, that um, he he once gave me when when he visited me nice. because we were we we were shooting like uh, both a music video for one of his songs where where I was featured and then uh, one of my songs where where he's featured. Um, and when he gave me that guitar, uh, I didn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> but he, he he said it's all right because he also it also took like a couple of months for him to um, to be able to play it because it's such a different uh, approach. Like he has yeah. it, it has eight strings on there, but um, only one lower string below the low E string. But then. Above the high E string, there's another even higher string, um, a, a high A, and that's that's so thin that you shouldn't even bend it. Other otherwise, it would, it would break. Uh, yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah it's it's quite unusual, but um, <clears throat> yeah, because I'm he always like you can play it like like a madman, <laughs> and um, yeah, I I, um, I really enjoyed working with him. Yeah, yeah I had the same uh, the same. Um, Thing that you just said, um, one of my great friends, Kyle, um, from the band uh, Pathos and Logos, uh, wanted mm-hmm. me wanted to gift to gift me a seventh string. Like I don't I don't know how this is gonna work with me, and you know, just starting. To, I'm like, let me uh, learn how to play with this six string, and then maybe I'll I'll take up your for giving that because he has a, 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 a Stefan Carpenter Death Tones guitar. I know that's yeah. really really nice, so that's gonna look good good in my apartment when I move out. But um, yeah. So so Jeff Bragg is a what did, did he sing or did he play guitar on your? Uh, he's on, a he's a great singer. Okay. He okay. already um he was already um on two songs on my um coming up for Air EP. Okay. And um, he um he has such a great voice, and even though like I wrote the the songs and the melodies whenever i i give him something like um he adds um so much more soul to it and um like usually the the first take he sends me is is like perfect and um, i feel really really blessed that i found him Uh, and he's a great great contact great dude um and um yeah, uh, he'll he'll probably um, you you'll probably hear him again on my next EP, which nice. will uh, come out later this year as well. Well, I can't wait to hear him. Um, and we have one more question for you, and then we'll let you we'll let you go. Um, so this podcast is called "When Words Fail, Music Speaks," and I can't find. And I think that's 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 so true to this day. So my question to you is: Right now, are you able to tell me what your if there's a song, album, or or um, or band that you can listen to, but you can't tell me or your um, fans or your anybody else how it makes you feel inside, it's so deep in your soul that you can't explain it how it makes you feel. Um, that would probably be almost anything uh, from Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, think- yes. Yeah, yeah. Pink, to me, um, Pink Floyd's music is probably, but just on on a subjective level, just to me, like the most beautiful music uh, 
uh, on the planet. And it's on par with all the greats, even like with classical uh, composers yeah. like uh, Mozart or Beethoven, because it um, like it's it's purely subjective, but it speaks to me in, in a way that um, most other music um, doesn't like I feel really connected to not only um, the music, but some of the lyrics and um, also David Gilmore um, has been a huge influence on my playing and I was lucky uh, to um, to see him play um, a couple of years ago and um, yeah I feel there's like uh, a real deep connection there right yeah <laughs> that's hard to explain yeah and I, and I totally understand because sometimes you hear songs that you can't really explain to people just makes you feel some kind of way makes you feel more more um energized you know motivated I don't know it's strange you know yeah. Oh, and, and another the funny thing that you mentioned Pink Floyd because I I interviewed Scott Page, which was their um saxophonist back in the eighties. He's a really mm-hmm. cool guy. So you um so if if you want to hear that, you can always go back to my catalog and really sweet guy. Oh, I, yeah. I I need to back on, but but hell, mm-hmm. I never thought I would have 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 anybody from Pink Floyd on, but I do. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, for for my for our our listeners though, uh, you can visit Mr. Fry at um, music dot dot com, and that's M C D U N S T A N McDunston. Uh, he's on Instagram under Fry McDunston and Twitter, and on Facebook he's Fry McD. Did, did I get it all? Uh- uh, yeah, it's also Fry McDonson on Facebook. Okay. But uh, yeah, if you if you yeah. uh, go to Facebook dot yeah. uh, slash Fry McD, then uh, that's that's my uh, website there. I got that because it said it on like the top of the end, so I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. um, so we're not on TikTok or any of the, of those apps yet, or like do we? Mm, I, I, I'm kind of hesitant. I, I still don't. <laughs> I, man, I still don't know what TikTok is really. But uh, yeah, but I'm trying. So yeah. But I heard you yeah, I mean good. it's it's so addictive, and yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really wanna, I don't really wanna like, I've I've joined like a really cool music coaching program when I before I released my first EP, like shortly before, and um, like their approach is really unique, but also very effective. And um, before that, I thought you'd have to be like very active on social media in order to reach more people, but there's far better ways. So yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of active on uh, Instagram and yeah. I have a great community on Facebook, like a, a group where like-minded music fans can connect with one another. And, um, but uh, I'm not that much uh, a social media um, yeah. like uh, guy because um, there's better things to do with your time, <laughs> like that there playing is. music, practicing, yeah. and and writing stuff. Yeah, practicing music seven times a day and seven hours a day. Hell yeah, I can't get into better than that. So um, we do. Thank you for coming on, and my co-host apologized that he couldn't be here tonight, but he he hopes to meet you in the future. We we are so glad that you uh, that you came on the show uh, for us today, and uh, we can't wait to have you back. 
Yeah, I'd really love to come back. This was great, man. And uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, awesome. And you're doing a great job. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to more of your uh, episodes, especially that interview with Lloyd's right. uh, yeah. former Scott, saxophone Scott, player. Scott Page, yes, sir, yes, sir. So, so for anybody who's listening to this show, um, always remember when words fail. Bye, guys. <laughs>